at Sixth Sense Spa and Nail Lounge. Our focus is to provide you with excellent customer service in a planet-friendly atmosphere. So we believe in consulting you with what way we can provide the best services and products so when you leave Sixth Sense, you feel the best you can be. Pamper yourself at one of our three fully licensed locations. Go to Sixth Sense Beauty, six, the number six, sensebeauty.com to book now. Welcome to Touch Podcast. I am Mike Wixon, and right there is Tom Byfoot. Of course, he is the uh, publisher of Dutch the Magazine and uh, the Grand Poobah uh, at uh, Mocum Publishing and the host of Dutch the Podcast. Hi, Tom. Nice to see you. Hi, Mike. It's been a while. Uh, good to see you again. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like forever, and for good reason. Uh, both of us took the summer to uh, do uh, outrageous things. Yours was moved clear across the country, and uh, that was full of adventure along the way, and uh, very interesting. Congratulations on your move to the west coast of Canada, Tom. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in uh, beautiful British Columbia uh, on the west coast of Canada, a uh, place where we started our Canadian journey, as I uh, think I told, I told you in a few episodes ago. Uh, and it's just wonderful to see the mountains again. Uh, strange for Dutchmen to, uh, to like mountains, but I just love them. Oh, well, you know what? Honestly, what's in your view uh, is in your heart uh, often. And so uh, I hope that leads to a great peace and tranquility and a lot of adventure. Speaking of which, uh, you traveled. How did you make your way across Canada? Well, I actually drove. Um, and and to be fair, I crossed the border um, and um, uh, in, into uh, Michigan. Uh, okay. Drove to a place called Muskegon, Michigan. Uh, and of course, there's going to be Dutch connections. There's Dutch connections everywhere. So Muskegon is the place where a lot of Dutch immigrants in the, in the 1800s um, boarded a ferry to go across uh, the Great Lakes, go across Lake Michigan, and uh, ended up in, in Tel, Iowa, that we talked about before. Yeah. I took a ferry from Muskegon across to Milwaukee. Um, and then, of course, you start driving through the country and you pass a place called Orange City, uh, which has a big, which was founded by Dutch settlers. And I even went to a place, I, I'm from Amsterdam, right, in the Netherlands, or at least I spent most of my uh, formative years in Amsterdam. There's a place in Montana called Amsterdam, so I had to go visit. Now, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, is the capital of Holland. You've been there, you enjoyed it, it's a great city. Amsterdam, Montana has 181 population. So uh, it, it, it was a little bit ambitious to call it Amsterdam. I still went there. They've got a windmill, they've got a Dutch meat shop, and they've got a little Dutch street with little Dutch row houses. Uh, and um, it, it was just fascinating to see that. Then we kept driving and eventually um, crossed the border into British Columbia. And I'm here in a place called Cranbrook. Oh, Cranbrook beautiful. In, in the East Kootenays, foothills of the Rocky Mountains, um, beautiful area. And uh, I even met some Dutch people here, would you believe it? I, I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, you probably just made your way uh, into Vancouver before uh, you, were, you were being flocked by the Dutch community. But in fact, uh, already you've tapped into the uh, Dutch culture in Vancouver. Tell me about this. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Um, so uh, you have a knack, this, Tom. <laughs> you have a knack for this. There's no doubt about it. I got in touch with a group called um, the. Um, I've, I've got to get this right. Um, the um, 
Dutch Cultural Association of British Columbia. And we're talking to two of um, their principals, two of their founders, Erwin uh, Ostindi and Vanessa Timmer. Erwin um, may be known to some people because he is actually um, the uh, main character in a story in a uh, Dutch uh, graphic, uh, collection of Dutch graphic uh, short stories. Um, wow. But he is also the driving force or one of the driving forces behind this uh, uh, BC Dutch or Dutch BC as, as they're known. Very cool. Uh, all right. Now, now this not-for-profit, very active. Uh, on the on the day we recorded this, I believe that they had a, a, a movie festival. Um, they have a, a street market. You'll hear all about it. But this is one very active group, and not just in the community, but even behind the scenes, uh, trying to keep that Dutch connection with Canada uh, vibrant. Absolutely. And, and they're bringing it into into the 21st century, if you can put it that way. And and, and that's fascinating. You know, they're looking at it in a different way, but I, I don't want to steal their thunder. So let's listen to them first and uh, then we can uh, can always uh, look back on that a little bit. All right. Uh, let's meet your new friends in B.C., Tom. OK, we're talking to uh, Vanessa Timmer and Erwin Ostindi of the Dutch Cultural Association of British Columbia. Um, welcome uh, to Dutch the Podcast, uh, both of you. Hello, hello, Tom. Thank you so much so, for having us. Bedankt. Yeah, bedankt. Thank you so much for joining. Erwin um, and I got in touch uh, a few weeks ago. Erwin um, told me there's uh, some really exciting things going on in the Dutch community in British Columbia. Um, and I'd like to start maybe with a very open question. Can you tell, uh, tell us about the, uh, the Dutch in BC? and about Dutch BC in general? Well, it's a huge province and we're out on the West Coast. So geographically, we figured that out. But uh, what we haven't figured out exactly is the, the visibility and the profile of the, the Dutch community. And uh, it's more it's roughly 3% of the population. So it's a very, very significant immigrant community. It's a major powerhouse, uh, huge impacts on agri-tech, agri on farming sectors, um, but also uh, very incipient in all parts of the, uh, the economy and all parts of culture in British Columbia. Many people think about us as being assimilated um, or that the Dutch typically distribute and uh, make themselves at home. I think there's some historical truths there. Um, but uh, what's interesting for younger people when they're knowing that their Omar or their Opa is from Nederlands, they um, don't really know how to what that means for them when they're Dutch in British Columbia. So we're trying to solve that question. And, and and do you think that's still relevant for the let's say the kids and uh, particularly the grandkids of those 1950s 1960s immigrants well i think vanessa and myself are truth to that 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 it is relevant because i mean i grew up my parents are uh, my, my father's passed but my mother is still alive and they uh, never became canadian citizens so uh landed immigrants dutch was my first language and uh, i'm in my 50s and so i think there's a, a, a situation where the children of those immigrants we're all wanting to participate in in, a, in the community in the way that we understand the community and many of us are fortunate enough to retain connection to native loans and through our work through our our our, our, our studies uh of course family connections so uh, all of my family is in native loans except uh, my brothers and my brothers and our, our children so for us it's like it's very meaningful and then we're also looking at the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds, both who have immigrated for work to Canada or to British Columbia to work in the Vancouver tech community or other 
parts of the sector, econo economy, or um, people who are uh, in their 20s and they're trying to understand their role in the world and they don't see, you know, we don't have a Dutch cultural center, so we, we lack that infrastructure that many other immigrant communities have. So there's, there's lots of work for us to do and it's a it's an ironic situation because we are we are such a large part of the, the community, but we don't have that kind of cultural infrastructure that many of the other communities do. That's and, interesting, um, yeah. So Vanessa, yeah, your perspective on that. Well, Tom, I was just gonna say that uh, the, Erwin and I know each other because of the Dutch connection. So um, as Erwin's mentioning, both, um, both of us were born actually, I was born here, here in Vancouver to Dutch parents. Um, my parents actually weren't part of the 1950s sweep. My dad came out in uh, 1968 to the Netherlands or to Vancouver from the Netherlands. He'd studied architecture at Delft University. And in, in 1965, drove across, he hitchhiked across the United States with his best friend Fritz, ended up in San Francisco and fell in love with the West Coast. So when he was looking what to do after the university years, he ended up in um, arriving uh, in 1968 and um, also had to look for work and find his way and ended up becoming an architect here in, in Vancouver. And then he wrote to my mom, who he dated in Delft, said, come visit. And she came out in 1970. And uh, fell in love with my father again and with uh, Vancouver. And I was born here in 74, my sister in 73, Dachmar. And they actually did reconnect with the Dutch Canadian community uh, here uh, and spent time also as part of something called CANS, which is a, was a Canadian advancement of Netherlandic studies, this association that was bringing people who brought lectures about Dutch history and um, kind of a, a social group as well as a group that really wanted to exchange knowledge about the Netherlands, bring people over from the Netherlands. And that's how they met Erwin's uh, family, uh, Nelly, his his mom and, and his dad, and, and also always encouraged me to connect with Erwin. They said, you know, get to know Erwin. He's doing such interesting work. And so a few years ago, Erwin did reach out to me. Uh, we'd known each other, but he said, you know, there's the, our parents' generation is getting older and how do we pick up the mantle and really continue uh, connecting, making connections across Canada to the Netherlands and to really explore our Dutch roots um, and our connections in honor of all those years that they've been doing that as well. Yeah, and and, and um, you're trying to basically reinvent it for the younger generation, I guess. I'm, I'm going to quote from an email that uh, Erwin sent me, uh, and he said, Dutch BC is reimagining how we can connect with the 99% of the Dutch community in British Columbia not involved in traditional Dutch organizations' activities. Um, so that's, that's a very clear statement of purpose. Um, how are you uh, trying to reach, or how are you going to reach that 99%? Because the one percent we don't have to worry about, right? They're they're involved, they're committed, they're uh, they'll come to events. How are we going to reach the other ninety nine percent? I think it's probably a little less than ninety nine percent. Probably got more commitment than one percent, but still. Well, in terms of the numbers, um, you know, if, if there's if there's seventy five to eighty thousand people, you know, one percent is still a significant number who are participating. That's true. Uh, but but two or three percent, sure. You know, we're looking at the in, in the, using the law of attraction. I think that's the most important thing is is having something to offer community members, younger people who want to connect and 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 know that they're Dutch, but don't see uh, you know opportunities to connect in the Netherlands in in British Columbia. So um, that means they might uh, um, 
be interested in DJ culture, but the Dutch community doesn't offer them that type of cultural activity. In Nederland, of course, we know DJ culture is a massive global export. Um, the biggest cultural figures, some of the biggest cultural figures in the world are not, you know, 17th century Dutch painters. They're 21st century Dutch DJs making millions of dollars traveling around and and filling up the, the, the venues in Vancouver to sold out crowds, right? So, um, you know, can we connect with that Dutch DJ and say, hey, can you come on the side and let's have a conversation about uh, electronic music? Well, a few hundred Dutch British Columbians fit that demographic perfectly. So if we actually offer that that opportunity for them to connect, connect with Dutch DJ culture, that's meaningful, meaningful for them. And so it's about thinking about what do people actually want to experience in in what what it might be what it might mean for them. Um, when we yeah. first started, we actually went out and did a big survey. So we had about a, 200 responses from across the region, just finding out what people were interested in and what their background was um, and how they were connected to the Netherlands. And it was really an interesting mix of immigrants, children of immigrants, people who had family connections there, some who had personal interest, you know, mix of people who are fluent in Dutch, but also some who are beginner, intermediate, and some with none. So we have to think about programming across that. Um, people were interested in the lectures, friendships, opportunities to learn or speak Dutch, the cultural identity. And we saw that the age range was, you know, there was, a, there were about 50% was in the older range, but we did see 50% under the age of uh, 59. And in fact, 30% in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who responded, and they were interested in intergenerational uh, programming. By the way, Tom, 50% love to listen to podcasts. We can keep increasing that as well. Okay. Uh, and they wanted to see a mix of media from talks to console general events to films, music, artists across lots of topics. And for us to partner with other organizations like the Writers Fest, the Film Festival, the Folk Festival, the Art Gallery, um, and with other uh, Dutch clubs. So there was a real interest and a spread across the region. And we were also very uh, interested to find out that there was a lot of interest in history and in other topics like art and travel and food and film and literature and science. And we've been really thinking and environment and development, which is my field, I uh, run an environmental organization. And so we've been able to actually craft more programming that fits some of the interests that people have in uh, for example, we ran a series on climate change and more recently have also been diving into the discussions both in Canada and the Netherlands on decolonization and slavery. And so those were of interest to many people and we were able to kind of dive into those as well. Yeah, that's interesting because you mentioned and I, I'd um, taken note of that when I looked at your website. Uh, you say Canada deals with reconciliation uh, and, and the Dutch, of course, struggle with how to tell the story of colonialism, um, their role in the slave trade. Um, Amsterdam wouldn't be uh, as beautiful a city as it is without uh, the slave trade. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about how that has, um, has progressed uh, with the work you're doing? I think, well, last year we had a talk with uh, Pepin van Brandon from uh, the Vrije Universiteit van Amsterdam, and he really talked about how Nederland is trying to reckon, reckon with this. And, you know, even just the fact that I think 3% of the GDP of, of the Netherlands right now is connected to slave slavery wealth that was accumulated. So it's not, it's easy to say, well, it's something that happened in the past. That's sort of what we hear in Canada also. Oh, the issue of colonialism, it happened in the past. You know, we don't have to do anything about it, but in fact, Colonialism, as we know it now, is uh, is still functioning in Canada. So we can we can we can see reflexively as Dutch Canadians 
those complexities. The fact that when you think about the, the, the high school graduation rates in Canada, the Indigenous students are the lowest. If you look at Nederlands, the lowest graduation rates are the uh, Afro-Caribbean, the Dutch uh, Caribbean immigrants. So we those those types of things we would call would be structural. Those are not just coincidental. Those are actually structural. Those are outcomes of social policies that don't work. And I think we know from our own professional work, I do urban planning, we can see who fits in and succeeds in society. We can see who, who doesn't. And an interesting thing we were thinking about is how Canada as a country is reconciling and you know the uh Stephen Harper made the apology in 2014 well in 2022 the Dutch prime minister made the apology in 2022 so we're on parallel paths and I think there's a fascinating opportunity for both cultures both societies to to share teachings about this work yeah, we just hosted a webinar called from the king's apology to accountability um of profiling the King Willem Alexander uh, apology and diving into it in a little bit more detail with uh, Professor Dr. Alex Tupion von, von Tupion Lucius from the Erasmus University of Rotterdam, who wrote about uh, Rotterdam and Safranay, and with Sylvia Follenhofen, who's a playwright and artist from um, from South Africa, who where they're also really uh, looking at this um, these these issues. And to be honest, Tom, it's also an area that's very close to my heart because my great 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 grandmother was a a uh, slave um, brought over from Ghana. Uh, her name was Onicha de Federici, and she ended up um, becoming free with, a, she was at the Alliance Plantation and was made free by her slave, uh, her plantation owner who she had relations with. And I am the direct descendant of that that um, that uh, couple, their last name Flu, which is my mom's last name. And so I, and I've stood on that plantation in Suriname. I've thought about the journey she made and the journey that my ancestors made since then. And so, you know, and thinking exactly what Erwin's saying about how it's still very alive today in terms of the inequalities that we're experiencing and the work that we still have to, for redress, in, in fact. So yeah, we've definitely been uh, diving into it. It's historical, it's personal, and it's present day. Uh, just as much um, as it was, as it is about these historical uh, tragic events. Absolutely, and and that's very interesting uh, because um, we've seen uh, the Netherlands and Canada sort of um, move in lockstep ever since uh, the end of uh, World War II, when uh, when many Canadian soldiers, of course, were uh, helped liberate the Netherlands from the Nazis, uh, and ever since then, with the immigration wave of the fifties. But now in new areas, one area we've covered extensively in, in the magazine, for example, is water management. Um, and, and we've seen work in Toronto uh, on, on the waterfront there uh, that's been supported. Now you also see that in the approach to, um, uh, to reconciliation. So that's great. Um, those are heavy, tough subjects, but you also do fun stuff, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about the street market you're planning? Sure, well, and I think, um... The, we're, we're also, I think those those academic and, and historical issues can also be fun because we try to also bring them with when we do these types of programming. So lectures. So Gezelligheid survives whatever you do, right? Exactly, exactly. Because it's bringing people together and that's what's so awesome. And and the technology, like I think we've produced probably now 50 different events in the last three or four years. So, um, and and we also like like you want to make sure that these are accessible. So the Papain Rondon conversation we did last year now is up on YouTube, so people can access those programs and they don't need to be 
in Vancouver, they can be anywhere across North America. So um, the street market is really an evolution of these ideas that we want to take public space. We want to find the duchies. Uh, we want to find find the folks out in in the in the community. So when we have an occupation of Granville Street, which is the big uh, commercial hub in downtown Vancouver, Pacific Center is is here. The Granville Street SkyTrain, and we take over a whole city block with the, the sponsorship of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association, who want to see shoppers come downtown in the summertime. So they, they, there's a whole incentive program that we're participating in. And um, we were invited by uh, the Taiwan Festival, which is themselves thinking about history. And every year they're a big uh, organized community and they partner with a different country. So Indonesia, Japan, this year they chose Nederlands. And it's interesting because, you know, when I grew up, I, I always knew that word Formosa. But now I know Formosa is actually the Dutch colony when the Dutch occupied Taiwan for several decades in the 17th century. So Taiwan is having this conversation with Nederland trying to figure out their history. And we have uh, this invitation. So we've done some beautiful programming, uh, cello concert, film screenings, DJ events, all in the big Vancouver downtown plaza, the Vancouver Art Gallery. And next to it, we have a, a full city block street party with DJs, uh, uh, sorry, uh, a strope waffle stand, tulip bulb stand, uh, flower market. So we're taking over the downtown Vancouver in a way that, you know, is it a, is it a, Cosmopolitan Dutch market. Well, it's it's still in Vancouver, but we're trying our best to uh, make it a fun uh, Nederland style street market. So, so when is this? Uh, just uh, so people um, in, um, in 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 the bigger yeah. uh, so Greater Vancouver area uh, yeah. and, and BC can know where to go and, and Washington State. Yeah. So September it's the Labor Day weekend, so it's a great chance to come up. And like I said, there's there's programming uh, that takes place in and around the street market. So. You can come down and watch a film and then hang out at the street market or uh, you can meet the the consul general he'll be there chat with him one-on-one -on -one or ask him anything uh, so there's that opportunity to kind of connect with people um and um buy some tulip bulbs stock up for the for the fall get your planting done early pick up I a copy of dutch the magazine uh, if I, I i just shipped you a few hundred copies so Absolutely. feel free to hand those out yeah i'm looking forward to that um, Dutch bikes, so different different uh, retail and wholesalers. There's a lot of, as I mentioned, Agritech. So we're partnering with uh, Volnort, the big uh, bulb producer and distributor out here uh, in the West Coast. So yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, get a chance to spend some money. Uh, Dutch Delicious, of course, the the, the very awesome uh, food producer for our all, many, many events across the Lower Mainland will be there as well. Uh, Dutch Delicious provides the great uh, hot food uh, and, and top frites so you can get your 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 frite fix on as well um and then um it runs labor day weekend saturday sunday monday from 11 a.m till 7 p.m so lots of time to to check in and wander around downtown vancouver and and meet some other dutch people and there's so, some, so this is on, yeah, on granville street right 600 block on granville street that's right and if you're there the evening of the 2nd of September, you'll also see my partner who's a, a Dutch cellist, Dutch Canadian cellist actually, Diederik van Dijk, partnering up with a media artist from Taiwan, Taiwanese Canadian, Sammy Chen, on the main stage. It's free, it's open, uh, it's right near where the street market is gonna be. They'll be playing from six till seven with this amazing cello and light show. And Irwin's also speaking on Sunday at one o'clock within the Vancouver Art Gallery in the courtroom there about some of these historical reflections that we were just talking about today. So there's lots of wonderful things that will be happening uh, at this event. 
Okay, and, and this is, um, well, how long have you been uh, doing this uh, with, um, uh, with Dutch VC? We've, we uh, have been organized as a group for about three, since COVID. So when, when COVID started, we started, okay. you know, wanting to organize events on Zoom. So we produced a few dozen events on Zoom. And then um, because we wanted to access, uh, you know, be able to take over a city street and do things that require kind of contemporary legal structures, like a nonprofit society, we incorporated, um, and then we separated from the Cannes Network, which is a national network based out of Eastern Canada, created our own nonprofit society so we can actually do, you know, because I, I think in this day and age, you can't really be handling money and doing things in public without nonprofit structure. So that's yeah. what we, that's when we became the Dutch Cultural Association of BC, just to sort of reflect that, that mandate um, of producing a diversity of cultural events and uh, bring them out to the public. So, so yeah, wh where I was going with that question is um, you've re you're really brand new. You've, you've been around for a few years, two, three years, but you've already put on a, a whole lot of events. Um, I mean, organizing uh, lots of things. It seems like you've got momentum. So the street market is is a big outdoor event. What what's What will we see in the future after this? Well, I think we do like doing uh, also um, symposia. And so I think the a look at, the, I think this conversation between Nederland and, and Canada is going to continue, this research story, because I think we've only started as a Dutch community here out in British Columbia. We had the uh, the, the community raised about $150,000 in the 1970s to build a carillon uh, next to the, the Victoria, the Royal BC Museum, the Empress and the legislature. So there's a, a real big Dutch uh, piece of architecture right in downtown Victoria. When that when that carillon was built, it's my understanding from from our elders in the community that we spent that money on the carillon, but we didn't spend money next on building a, a community center, a cultural center for our community. So it's interesting to think about and reflects on the history of where we came as a as a community. It's also think even the decade before that, what we call in Canadian society the the '60s scoop, where tens of thousands of Indigenous children were adopted by families. It's our, our understanding that the Dutch community and the German community were the, were the largest immigrant community to adopt First Nations children away from their First Nations families and communities. So that's an interesting uh, bit of research we can do and study in the future is maybe have an art exhibition with Indigenous artists from Canada who were raised by Dutch families. This this has never been. I, I I didn't know that that I you're telling me this for the first time and 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 that those types of stories need to be told. Um, so so thank you for for raising that and and thank you for looking into that as well. I think it's a chance for us to grow up as an immigrant community and to think about ourselves in Canadian society and and not just say oh well we came and we assimilated end of story. We come together for you know once or twice a year. So I think there's an opportunity to mature as a community in Canada, uh, as an immigrant community, and to participate, you know, not just memorializing. Like my father was on the Chadok in, in the end of, you know, he, he walked away from Amsterdam in the Hongerwinter, right? So my daughter was wanting to learn about his, her opa's story. You know, these are stories that we'd have no control of when we want to understand them and learn from them. So my daughter and her generation want to, wants to learn about World War II in a way that matters to them, not just in a memorializing World War II, which we often do, like Natal on Canada, it's one one story, end of story. Um, but what happened to the, the the Canadian soldiers that came back to Canada? There's 3,000 Indigenous soldiers 
that fought to liberate Western Europe. They came back to Canada as second-class citizens. Well, that story was never told. Or, um, you know, when 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 Nederland was free, then they continued their occupation of Indonesia and killed tens of thousands of people. So that story only came out a few years ago when, you know, 50 years after certain government documents get released. So the Pacific Wars, the, the occupation and, and freedom of Indonesia, that's a story that we also have to hear more about. So it's about asking questions as a society well, and, 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 and the large Indonesian uh, community uh, on the West Coast in particular um, of um, with the ties with the Netherlands that uh, that are there. I'm thinking mainly in, in California, but also in uh, in the lower mainland in uh, in and around Vancouver. Yeah, and and and, and I think we're open uh, like we have a we have a film screening uh, today uh, in Vancouver uh, that we're presenting. Um, there's stories that are there that we haven't really embraced. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically, you know, to Vanessa's point earlier, that there's stories that often are not considered Dutch stories, but those are the Nether those are the Netherlandic diaspora. Those are the the stories from Indonesia that are not the just the stories about World War II liberation and a liberal democracy flourishing in the future. That there's complexity to those stories. And we want to celebrate all the communities stories we want the community to be robust inclusive um and um that's a beautiful opportunity because what it does it, it's coming together it's expanding who is connected to to dutch heritage and that doesn't necessarily have to be have, have to always be a happy simple story about honoring the king and honoring the queen it can also be having complexities of of having debates about dutch history and that's what is happening in Nederland today and um, we want to celebrate the Dutch DJs. We want to celebrate the Dutch authors, the Dutch filmmakers, uh, but also the, the the filmmakers from Suriname, from Indonesia, uh, from the diaspora, and who also bring in that, those stories and that richness of of being Dutch in BC. Fantastic, yeah. Um, talking uh, about Dutch in BC a little bit, um, most Dutch people um, settled in the Lower Mainland. Of course, it's also the most densely populated uh, part of uh, British Columbia, um, uh, Fraser Valley in particular. But there's also pockets of Dutch uh, settlers, um, immigrants in uh, in northern BC, in, in and around Smithers, for example. I'm based right now uh, out in the Kootenays, um, which is for people listening from elsewhere, a 10-hour drive from Vancouver, from where you are at the moment. Um, do you see any opportunity to expand into the rest of the province uh, and, and the rest of the region? I think it depends. We, we work on a partnership and model as well. So we partner with the Vancouver Film Festival, um, the Vancouver Writers Festival. Uh, so we have different partnerships. We're also connected. I'm a, an associate with the Simon Fraser University Institute for Humanity. So we do part of our modeling is to, to answer your earlier question, Tom, about what we're doing and how we're doing it. We do rely on these partnerships. And so um, that's one way to to expand is to think strategically, you know, is the uh, university in Kamloops or university is uh, UNBC and Prince George, you know, are there opportunities to connect with speaker series or uh, academics who may be situated, you know, visiting those universities and want to have a partner to present film screenings or to uh, to do book book launches. So we'll do that kind of organically, I think. Um, and we also invite folks. Um, what one one thing we realized to, to sort of answer your question, but even on a bigger level, we realized since the Dutch uh, embassy in Ottawa ten years ago 
stopped doing the cultural attache. They had a, a staff person who used to be a cultural attache, uh, Remco Volmer, who who lives, still lives in in Ottawa, and and Remco, uh, like like myself personally, has has done cult, uh, professional cultural production work. So, in my personal life, urban I do urban planning, but I also produce festivals and and cultural events. We recognize that there's Dutch government-sponsored artists, filmmakers, authors coming to North America all the time that used to be facilitated by the cultural attache staff people through the embassy. And we recognize that there's a gap here where those artists and, and thinkers are coming to Canada and don't have that infrastructure across Canada. So we're, we're speaking with cultural producers in Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal, recognizing that there's opportunities to co cooperate and collaborate when there's uh, artists and, and authors doing book tours that there's a community partner in place uh, to to land, to help them land and to actually leverage those opportunities, leverage that funding that might come from a travel grant from the Dutch government, but then they have a community partner, and so that we can actually bring them to more places across Canada, because there's a missing there's that missing middle, there's that missing infrastructure to connect Dutch people who are coming to, to Canada with these audiences that we want to to mobilize. Yeah, and I think there's yeah. also like Erwin and I both have connections back to the Netherlands. So in addition to running my environmental nonprofit, I also am a senior research fellow at Utrecht University and Erwin likewise has a connection back to the Netherlands. So it's also not just the ones that are coming, but the ones that we can bring out because of their expertise and their interest. We've also found there's a lot of students who come to Canada, young people who want to immigrate here. And so connecting with them as well across the Kootenays, across, you know, they come to different places also for, for Canada and the nature and people and, you know, they're really interested in being here. And so creating a programming and partnerships with those um, communities as well. And Tom, you do such a great job with uh, the content with the Dutch, the magazine, because you're really bridging across different communities that, as everyone says, um, at the moment, we have some weaving to do to um, all of us to to really connect that community with each other. And, and that's the thing, right? We're so dispersed. I, I've been in Cranbrook uh, for six weeks now, and I never, Cranbrook is not one of the places, the Kootenai is not one of the places where a lot of Dutch people uh, uh, typically uh, settled. Um, but I've met so many Dutch people already. And, and you're right, right across the um, spectrum, uh, a young park, um, Parks Canada um, employee who came here from Vancouver Island uh, to work for Parks Canada here in, 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 in you know, the beautiful uh, interior of uh, British Columbia. Last night, a uh, friend of mine uh, that I, I know here in Cranbrook invited me over and he had invited three Dutch couples and, and we had a potluck with um, Dutch and Dutch Indonesian food and uh, and and there's still that uh, some connection that uh, that people want to make. So it's fantastic what you're doing. Um, maybe um, by, um, you know, uh, by conclusion, tell people where we can find out more about you. And um, particularly, I want to remind people um, of the street market on uh, Labor Day, right in downtown Vancouver. Um, and that sounds like that's going to be a, a fantastic weekend yeah. with the events also on the fringes, right? Like uh, the talk you're doing, Erwin, um, the cello concert. Um, sounds sounds like a great, great event. And I hope that you'll have you be able to do that on an annual basis because i saw in your documentation you said this is the inaugural street market well that means you're going to have more 
That's it. And uh, we're also I'm doing the same talk in Toronto on uh, the weekend before. So at Taiwan Festival Toronto, they've invited a Dutch program. So folks in Toronto can check that out. Okay, tell tell me a little more about that. Um, when sure. when and where? Yeah, it's at Harborfront. So check out the program on uh, Saturday the twenty sixth uh, at Harborfront, uh, which is down down on the waterfront in Toronto. So there's two days of programming. There's also um, the uh, the Dutch destination book, which is stories of ten. Uh, I don't know if you've had this on your podcast, but ten. Canadian, no, uh, Dutch I, I, I was going to mention it because, of course, uh, Erwin, uh, I recognize your name from that book. I, I've, okay. I've got the uh, the book. It's it's a um, strip book, comic comic book. Yeah. And tell, well, you tell. Yeah, You're so, in so, it. You, so the, you tell me about it. Yeah, the Dutch, the Dutch consulate in Toronto produced it. Um, and uh, it features 10, the top 10 graphic artists from the Netherlands. So these are very, very senior graphic artists. So we think about that as cartooning, but it's called graphic arts. And uh, the Dutch consulate in Toronto selected 10 Canadians, Dutch Canadians. I was uh, honored to be one of them. So I was able to tell the story about my parents coming over, uh, their relationship to Canada, my growing up into that uh, situation. And it's told in beautiful cartoon style and the book is published. So we'll be sharing those out into the public, both at Harborfront as part of Taiwan Festival as they look back at Formosa and their relationship to Nederland. And we'll also show that at the street market in Vancouver. So uh, it's a very cool book. It's in Dutch and English. And um, yeah, so that's on the weekend of the 26th, 27th in at Harborfront in Toronto. And then in Vancouver, uh, as part of the street market, the street market will will get about 75,000 people just wandering through the streets. So uh, even just, you know, 3% of those 75,000, that's a lot of Dutch people. Um, even who aren't even responding to, you know, to, to the postcards, uh, you know, if you go to all the Dutch stores in the lower mainland, you'll see our postcards, um, and ways to connect Instagram, dutch.bc on Instagram, the website, dutchbc.ca. So there's lots of ways for folks to follow us and join along. And, um, I think we're even, uh, if you follow us on Instagram at dutch.bc, um, you, uh, you show us your, your phone and uh, we'll give you a stroke waffle when you show up on Granville street. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll have to take the ten-hour drive and come out there. I, I, I really don't want to miss this. Um, Vanessa Irwin, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Dutch the podcast. And I'm sure this is not going to be the uh, the end of our relationship. Uh, I hope we'll be able to do a lot, lot of things together in the future. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah, great work you're doing, and thank you for having us. Thanks. Well, keeping Dutch culture alive and uh, so much more. What a fascinating uh, meetup you had there in Vancouver. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to those guys. So now, uh, do you think you'll uh, make the uh, trip for free? I heard free strip waffle, and I know you're 10 hours away. You're going to make the drive, aren't you? I am probably going to make the drive, you know (laughs) It's it's very tempting. And and you know what? We're handing out uh, free copies of Dutch the magazine and of the newspaper, the Krant. So uh, people uh, don't just go for the stroke baffles, pick up a copy of our uh, magazine as well. Um, and once you've seen it, you know, I hope uh, you will go to DutchTheMedia.com and subscribe. Uh, every two months, uh, we publish a magazine. Uh, and of course, comments on the podcast, suggestions for topics, yeah, uh, go to DutchTheMedia.com and use the contact form. Now, Tom, uh, I don't want you to forget. This is a very good book. I want you to check out uh, "Hiding in Plain Sight" by a good friend of mine, Tom Byfoot, and you can get your copy today 
at dutchthemedia.com. Thanks for mentioning that, uh, Mike. My pleasure, bud. Now, listen, please subscribe to the show. Don't forget to tell a friend uh, and uh, all of your uh, Dutch uh, friends, expatriates, uh, folks back home in Holland, uh, in the Netherlands. It, it would be ideal for you to help us grow this so that we can get more stories, uh, have more connections, and bring you more fascinating people. That's the mission with Dutch the Podcast. Uh, between here and there, Tom, you take care of yourself. Enjoy the mountains. Thank you. See you, Mike.